0: Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 to 35. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused instead. He went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt back. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Amen.
1: Thanks, Oscar. I'd like to start today by actually putting up a slide that I think pictures so well all the current volunteer teams coming off of Easter, Um, if you could see there. It's the Avengers after saving the world having their little Chipotle break, although I'm not sure it's necessarily Chipotle. Um, Can we give it a hand to all the folks who helped put on Easter and all the extra activities that were were, were, uh, involved in that? Um, I do want to call one person out who uh, I'm not going to mention because you'd never want me to do this. Um, There's one person who put together that video that we watched single-handedly. You know that great testimony video of Chris, which is now online, by the way, if you want to see it, um, you can connect with that. Um, But can we give him a hand? He just did an awesome job pulling that together. Um, It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work, but it was worth it. Um, obviously, if you were here last week, you got to experience kind of the energy, the excitement. Easter really is the mountaintop of it all. Um, but what's great about the news of the resurrection of Jesus is it's a mountaintop we don't come down from. It's a mountaintop that we, that we remain on. And so we're still celebrating that. It was, it was a lot of work, but it was worth it. We had a stack full of cards of folks uh, responding uh, and turning in their cards saying they wanted to come back to their faith or put their faith in Jesus for the first time. Um, so we're just celebrating God and, and what He's doing. And if you're back today, you were visiting last week, that was your first time, and today's your first time back with us, welcome, we're glad you're here. Uh, today we're, we're starting a new series that we're, we're calling Thriving in Relationship, and the idea behind it is this, we, all, we have all experienced times in our lives when we wished for something more in the relationships that surround us. Whether it's with the significant other, whether it's with family members, whether it's with roommates, friends, coworkers, boss, neighbors, whatever it might be the Bible is full of timeless practical wisdom to strengthen relationships that are healthy or help bring healing to relationships that aren't so much, or maybe at least appear healthy on the surface. Um, today, I want to kick off the series with the all-important relationship quality of forgiveness. Now, I've been uh, fortunate enough to have uh, had the opportunity to travel around to different parts of the world, uh, whether it was with mission trips or with uh, internships or with Cindy's consulting miles. Um, I've had the opportunity to go throughout different parts of Asia, East Asia, Southeast Asia, Central Asia, um, Europe, and and North America, of course. And and what's what's been remarkable for me to find is that no matter the culture, no matter the language, no matter the religion, there, there is always this common universal understanding that we are all and somehow broken. That we all have faults. We're all going to mess up from time to time. And people are going to mess up with us. No matter the language, it often comes out this way by being said like, well, I'm only human. Um, we, we all, it's, it's a human condition to have our faults. But just as it's a human condition to have our faults, it's a human condition to need and to need to extend forgiveness. And so today, as we kick off thriving in the relationship, I want to start with this this all important relationship quality of forgiveness. We commemorated uh, the great Martin Luther King this week, 50 years after his assassination. And uh, he put it this way this, this gospel preacher we must develop and maintain the capacity to forgive. He who is devoid of the power to forgive is devoid of the power to love. There is some good in the worst of us and some evil in the best of us. When we discover this, we are less prone to hate our enemies. Powerful words coming from a guy who both lived and literally died, these words. Um, in a world that is crying out for more love and kindness to be shown, we often don't realize that our ability to forgive directly impacts this. And so I thought what we'd do is we'd look to what Jesus has to say on the issue of forgiveness, because even if you're not a follower of his, I think we can all agree if, if there was an expert on the topic of forgiveness, it was Jesus. Um, so what did he have to say about teachers? What can we learn from him? Uh, here is, in my mind, a, a real classic teaching on, on what forgiveness is. But before we get there, first, what forgiveness is not? Okay, We need to consider first what forgiveness is not. Number one, first, uh, forgiveness is not condoning. Forgiveness is not condoning bad actions. It's not just saying, hey, you know what, uh, you can just run all over me. Or, you know, if a relationship is toxic or abusive, heaven forbid, uh, the Bible nowhere, nowhere says, hey, you know what, just, just, you know, let people tread all over you. It, it's not there. Actually, the place where it might seem most to suggest that, if you were here with us as we went through our last series, you know this, Jesus said, turn the other cheek, but when Jesus said, turn the other cheek, he was not saying, let people run all over you. How do we know this? Jesus himself was slapped. There was a moment, right, when he was being tried before he was, he was crucified, he was slapped. And how did he respond? He didn't go, hey, why don't you go ahead and get this side, this cheek over here. He responded in that moment, how dare you slap me? What For what reason are you slapping? He called them out. He demanded justice. Forgiving doesn't mean condoning. And likewise, it doesn't mean... Uh, an absence of anger at injustice, to feel good about bad things that are happening. Again, turning a blind eye towards blatantly wrong or, or uh, injustice. Um, again, I just quoted Martin Luther King Jr. I think there's no one greater in my mind in modern-day history of somebody who, who lived the balance, the tension so well of both love, standing for love and for truth. Which, by the way, we'll get into that thought, that tension, that balance a little bit more next week, and then finally, forgiveness doesn't always mean reconciliation. There's sometimes someone's done a hurt to you or to me um, that let's be real, it happened a while back, but if we were to bring it up with them now, they'd be like, "What are you? What are you talking about?" Um, or there's times where we've had such a pain was in the distance past from somebody, like say, I don't know, an uncle way back then or an aunt or something like that, a real real pain, real wound that's there, but they've since passed away. Sometimes reconciliation is not possible. The Bible is clear. We should always seek reconciliation. That's part of today's message. But it always has the caveat, as far as it depends on you. So seek reconciliation. You can't control what others feel or how they're going to acknowledge your pains or wounds, but to seek forgiveness, it doesn't necessarily mean reconciliation. So what is forgiveness? If that's partly what it's not, what is it? Um, here's a definition, just kind of define our terms before we, we get into Jesus' teaching here that I thought was a really helpful one. This comes from Thomas Watson, who wrote about 300 years ago. Uh, he found, he kind of compiled this comprehensive uh, definition. He said, he said, it's when we strive against all thoughts of revenge when we will not do our enemies mischief, but wish well to them, grieve at their calamities, pray for them, seek reconciliation with them, and show ourselves ready on all occasions to relieve them. Okay, I don't want to break that all the way down, but I think I do want to put it out here at least in list form, because I think it hits upon a lot of uh, what, a thorough definition of when the Bible's talking about forgiveness, it's talking about resist, resisting thoughts of revenge. It's talking about not returning evil for evil, wishing them well, grieving at their calamities, praying for their welfare, seeking reconciliation, again, so far as it depends on you, and coming to their aid. Now, do we have an understanding of what the Bible means when it talks about forgiveness as we move into what Jesus talks about? If we do, I think we can all agree that it is hard. Forgiveness is hard. If that's what forgiveness is, forgiveness is hard, which brings us so perfectly to the text today. Because here's Peter coming to Jesus after he had been talking about uh Jesus had been talking about the topic of forgiveness in a related way. Peter comes and he asks a question. And I like to think it was that cliche of a moment. Like, Jesus I have this question. Actually, it's my friend. Friend, I have a friend who has a question. Um, how many times do we have to forgive? his question is inherently telling us it's hard to forgive. Seven times? And this is Jesus' main dude, his main disciple, his main student. If Peter is having a hard time wrestling with this thought, it's hard. And yet we see Jesus teach us about forgiveness. Let me pray and then we'll, we'll get into it. Father, thank you so much. Thank you so much for the cross. Thank you so much for the resurrection. Uh, That we can celebrate, not only last week, but today, and all that that means for our lives today. Lord, as we talk about relationships in this new series, and kick things off by talking about the all-important quality of forgiveness, would you help us to understand, would you guide us at this time, give us your spirit, I pray, in Jesus' name, amen. So Jesus Jesus is about forgiveness. The first thought I want to call out from the scripture is, forgiveness lifts a burden, okay? It frees us of a weight, that we might not even realize we have. That's what forgiveness does. In answering Peter's question, Jesus launches into this parable, which is a simple story with a spiritual truth, but he's describing a merciful king and an unmerciful servant, okay? A forgiving king and an unforgiving servant. And what I want to notice with you here, even as we just kind of look high level at this parable, is that all the times the word debt and the word, a word like debt appears in this text. So you see, he's, he talks about settling accounts. He talks about uh, them being owed four times. He uses the word debt four times. He talks about paying back six times in these, all these short few verses. And this is not an unusual way to word it in the Bible when it talks about forgiveness, the effects of forgiveness on the human heart. If you were here, when we looked at our last series, Jesus' most famous sermon, actually the most famous sermon of, of all human history... Jesus gave us the Lord's Prayer. And even if you didn't go to church, chances are you know at least this in thought. He taught us to pray. He said, he said, pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then he says, forgive us our debts as we forgive the, our debtors. There's that word again, debts and debtors. What does all this mean? When Jesus is talking about forgiveness in these terms, he's talking about how when we wrong someone or they wrong us, it's as if there's a debt that's being accrued. It's as if there's a payment that kind of needs to be paid back. For instance, we have all these movies about revenge, all these movies about vengeance. And what what are they all about? They're about a character getting slighted in the first five minutes, betrayed, whatever it might be, and the rest of, you took my daughter, I'm going to come kill you, or whatever it is. Liam Nielsen, I just think of Liam Nielsen when I think about revenge movies. But anyways, come at, and then and at the end, just wanting to, to, to enact payment. That's what it's about. Now, if you're sitting there and you're thinking, oh, David, that's just the movies. That's just, you know, when we wrong somebody or somebody wrongs us, and it, it, yeah, it, 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 it'll accrue a debt, but that's only on the big stuff. That's only on like the murder, the betrayal, those sorts of things. If you're thinking it's only the big stuff and not the small stuff, chances are you're not married <laughs> or you haven't been married for that long. Or you've had roommates, but they've never technically, like, you've never shared the room with them. You know what I'm saying? It's like, no, ask anybody in those sorts of circumstances, even the small stuff add up, don't they? Start to, stew, uh, start to, 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 to fester, to build up. Um, check out how this debt, let's move from the abstract to actually the emotional, the re- relational. Check out how the debt words, the payback words, all this sort of stuff is actually accruing in this man's spirit this ungrateful, this unforgiving spirit. In verse 28, it says, but when that servant went out from the king, he found, of his, he found one of his own servants who owed him 100 silver coins, grabbed and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. He, his fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, saying the same thing for what it's worth that, this, that he had said to the king. Uh, Be patient with me and I will pay it back. But He refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. Now, I don't know why my translation uh, translates it in the passive voice, but it's actually in the active voice, and it's actually a lot more uh, harsh language than that. It's not he had him thrown into jail, it's like he vigorously threw this person into jail. Um, What's this a picture of? Dude is raging. This is rage, this is anger, this is bitterness. This is resentment, and the way that Jesus tells this story, it's as if he's saying that this guy had been stewing on this for, for some time, and he was just waiting for this other servant of his to show up such that he would have the opportunity to just, like, tear into him, and the guy shows up, and he's like, all right, let's, let's, let's go after this. I uh, Listen to how uh, Nelson Mandela put it. Resentment is like drinking poison and then hoping it will kill your enemies, It's an interesting thought there. This guy was so angry. He had so much resentment built up. I think for some of us, that's how it gets. Resentment, bitterness, anger, it builds up, and it ends up impacting our relationships, sometimes without us even knowing it. Maybe it's happened in the past, but it's affecting our relationships here and now or will in the future. Or, you know, if you're a follower of of Jesus, it could even impact your relationship with God, as as this text even suggests. Um, Jesus wants... You to live without any burden upon your shoulders. He's not saying, again, let people tread all over you. He's not saying turn a blind eye. If you need to set up healthy boundaries, if you need to do something about toxicity or, or, or heaven forbid abuse, do so. But in caring deeply for you, what he's saying here is he, is he wants you to choose to forgive. In caring for you, he wants you to forgive. Here's another quote Forgiveness does not change the past, but it does enlarge the future. First thought, forgiveness frees you from a burden. It lifts a burden. Second thought, forgiveness is a journey. Um, it's a process. I, I think we see this in Peter asking the question. Um, he's trying to impress Jesus, isn't he? At verse uh, 21, how many times shall I forgive, Lord? I love that he says, Lord. Lord, how many times you Up to seven times, which, Peter, you're really digging down deep there, aren't you, man? Like seven times, that's pretty, man, that's, that's a forgiver right there. Jesus, what do you think? You know, it's up to seven times? What do you think? Um, and Jesus answers, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Actually, every Bible scholar that I read, uh, if you have a footnote in your Bible, you'll see this. Uh, every biblical scholar I said is actually, it's, it's in all likelihood not 77 times, but more 77 times seven times. It's a little hard to understand the the, wording, the, the lettering there, but, but 77 times seven times is, is almost certainly the word there. Um, can I share with you, this is true of none of you guys here, Okay. But as a pastor, I have had from time to time folks come up to me and say, um, David, hey, uh, you know, man, this, guy, this person in my life, you know, I, I've forgiven them 77 times. I'm sure of it. You know, like, am I good? And I'm always in a little bit of a dilemma because I want to, you know, not come down. Uh, you know, Jesus here is obviously, you know, if you, if you look at this text, he's not being literal. I think we can all agree. But let's just take him literal, literal for, literally for a second, Okay. If we were all to forgive others 77 times seven times, which is 490 times, okay, let's just go with that. If If we were to every day for 490 days pray for someone in forgiveness, want their best, I mean, you remember that definition we put up there? Seeking reconciliation, 490 days. If we were just committed to that, I think we can all agree that however you slice it, Jesus' point is we need to forgive and we need to forgive. And we need to forgive some more, <coughs> spouses. And when I say that, I mean <laughs> I, I look at my own heart. Uh, it, we are to forgive indefinitely. We are to forgive. We are to forgive. We are to forgive, um, and never with some sort of tallying system. First uh, Corinthians thirteen says, "Love keeps no records." Uh, we, you know, the seven times, the seventy-seven times. It, it, we just to forgive, to forgive. Forgiveness is a journey. Uh, This is something, and again, this is not true of any of you newlyweds here. Uh, I talk about in my premarital counseling when it comes up, like one of the things I want to do with premarital counseling, first of all, when when, when these uh, engaged couples usually come to me, it's usually like lovey-dovey, you know, wide eyes. Like I'm sitting here like none of this is going to actually, you know, stick. We're going to be talking about stuff and we're just, woo, wedding and all that sort of stuff. But it's still good. It's still worthwhile. Um, But one of the things I'll do is we'll we'll talk about communication and conflict resolution. And when I talk about conflict resolution, one of my main things is just to to surface like, hey, and conflict's okay. It's it's a natural part of life, and we'll we'll talk about why that is. And and if I ever get the response of like, no, not us, I'm a little nervous at that point. I'm a little like, okay, oh, all right, let's talk about that one. We've never had a fight. We'll never have a okay. Okay, let's talk about that. um, Conflict is natural. Why? Because we're human. We're human. Um, listen to this great quote. Listen to this great quote. Robert Quillen says this about marriage. A happy marriage is the union of two forgivers. Isn't that good? If you're married and you let out a sigh, it was probably a deeper sigh for every, mar- every life of married uh, you've been married. Um, um, that's a, that's a, let me read that again. A happy marriage is a union of two good forgivers. Forgiveness is a journey. Forgiveness is a reflection. Jesus is saying in in his story, of course, that extending forgiveness to others is a reflection of the forgiveness he extends to us. Um, I love the way Jesus tells the story. When the king calls the servant before him to, quote, settle accounts... The dude owes him ten thousand bags of gold. Now that's a modernization of what the word is there, which was the, the the measure, the, the money measure unit was a talent, talent of gold, which was essentially twenty years of wages. One talent, okay, one talent, twenty years wages, which meant if this servant had worked for twenty years, come to the king and said, "Here, here's a talent of, go- of gold. Here, here you go." The king would have said, "Hey." Congratulations! You now just owe nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine more. Go get it. If you do the math, that's at least about that's two hundred thousand years of wages. What's Jesus' point? It's that the debt to the king is absurdly high. Of course, it's absurdly high. It's this huge, unthinkable amount. The king demands payment. And here's how the the servant responds. At this, verse 26, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged the king, and I will pay back everything which we've established as a joke, okay? Verse 27, the servant's master, the king, took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. That, my friends, is a beautiful picture of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is a beautiful picture of the good news of God who sees all of our faults, all of our wrongs are used, the biblical word, all of our sin, all of the hurt that we do towards others, to ourselves, towards God even, all of these things that we have no way of paying the payment for. It's just absurdly high. All our hope can be is to, to just hope that He somehow pardons us. And that's what the cross is all about. The cross is about Jesus taking all of our faults, all of our sin on Him, and that if we believe on what He's done for us, He extends forgiveness in His name. Um, Romans 6.23 says it this way, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The king canceled the debts. The debt, why? What did the servant do? The servant just, for his part, acknowledged it. Acknowledged that he couldn't pay the debt back. Said, I, I can't do it. I, there's nothing in me that could do it. And I love that picture because the gospel is not getting your act together and then God will love you go to church, say your prayers, do alms, and then God will love you. No, it's just the good news, the gospel of Jesus is saying, there's nothing I can do, will you forgive me for what I've done and receiving what he's done for us. And the best part of it is the king doesn't say, I'll, I'll, ta- I'll handle it and just as long as you feel guilty. Or I'll handle it, but you give me this little amount just to kind of... He lets him go. Free. Unmerited forgiveness. And we are called to forgive. Um, I've heard it said this way forgiven people forgive. uh, And it's when we don't understand forgiveness that we can't give it away. When we don't understand, we've never received forgiveness, uh, then we can't ourselves give it away. Um, Again, this doesn't mean that you allow people to tread on you, but for the Christ follower, the one who follows God, it's, it's like Ephesians 4, verse 32 says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. So forgiveness lifts a burden, it's a journey, it's a reflection, and finally, forgiveness is a mandate. Um, it's not a suggestion, it's a mandate, even as it, as it is hard work. For somebody who has received the forgiveness of Jesus, it's saying, I've chosen to believe that Jesus has forgiven me, therefore, I'm going, for, uh, to give forgiveness is not an option. I have to do it. Um, at the very end of the parable, when the king uh, finds out the servant uh, did not forgive his servant, by the way, the ridiculously small amount, the modernization that we have in our translation is, is 100 silver coins, actually is more like copper coins. It was a grand total of one day wage. Um, the king says this, you wicked servant, he said. I canceled all your debt. Because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had had it on you? Again, the, the translation misses the force of it. The word, it sounds better in English to say, should you have, shouldn't you have had mercy? But the, the literal translation is more, you had the obligation to forgive. Actually, the word is, it was necessary. If I forgave you your debt, it was necessary for you to forgive. Um, which, of course, brings us to the main point of this parable that Jesus is making is you can't accept the unmerited, undeserved forgiveness of God and not extend it to others. Um, look, this was hard. This, this, all this is hard. It was hard for Peter, the one asking the question, the main dude, the guy who would be leading the church in a year two years' time from this moment, who was saying, how many times do we have to forgive? He was struggling. He was wrestling this through. He didn't understand it fully he himself would need forgiveness. If you know the story of Peter, the night that Jesus was betrayed, the night that he stood trial, Peter was across the temple courts there, and people saw him and said, hey, weren't you a follower of Jesus? Three times he denied it. In Jesus' most like intimate hour of need, Peter was like, I don't know the guy. No, no. What did Jesus do the next time he saw Peter in an intimate moment, and he was able to address it? I think... What I would have been tempted to do would have been, Peter, you idiot, I've been loving you forever, perfectly, because I'm Jesus. Clearly, I wouldn't have been there doing that, but I mean, right? Come on, dude. All right, we'll, 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 we'll get on with the program, but dude, come on. He doesn't do that. If you look at the story at the end of John, what does Jesus do with Peter? Forgives him. And in forgiving him, he empowers Peter. Jesus forgave Peter as he forgives you and me, and we're called, if we're followers of His, mandated as follower of His, not optional, to forgive others. You've heard me say it this way: we can't expect, we can't say to God, God, for, you know, forgive me of my two billion sins, and let me hold this grudge against this other person, this one grudge, or whatever it might be. Um, we can't expect God to forgive our two billion sins when we can't even forgive someone around us their two sins against us. It's a mandate, it's not optional. Even as it is, of course, it's hard work. For some of us, look, I, I, I really hope that we, we, you know, we acknowledge this is really hard, it's really painful. For some of us, you've, you've been in a pit of despair. There's been some heavy, deep wounds there. Forgiveness, boy, I don't know. But you know what the amazing thing about Jesus here is? He doesn't just say, you just need to get over it and forgive. He does say it'll go go better for you, and that's why he's he's doing this. But you know, he doesn't even say, just suck it up and forgive already. What he does is he enters the pit with us. In fact, the cross is all about him going into a greater pit than any of, of, of us will ever be in so that we ourselves can forgive and we ourselves can receive forgiveness. That's what the cross is all about. Why does he want this? Because he wants a burden to be lifted. He doesn't want you to live with a burden. He doesn't want it to just be underneath the surface and just fester and just affect you, affect others. He's paid for it. Um, there's this classic book called Pilgrim's Progress. I wonder if you've heard of it. It was written in the 17th century by a guy named John Bunyan. Um, it's, a, it's an allegory of the Christian walk, and the main character in the book is a guy named Christian, aptly named, um, and on the first page of the book, we're told that he has this burden on his back. Uh, often, later on in the book, he talks, it refers to it as a pack. It's just this, this burden that's always there that he can't get off himself. He can't remove it, nor can others remove it for him, and it's heavy, and it's always there. Whenever he's going, he's doing different things. It, it's just, it's weighing him down a little bit. It's always there. It's kind of I, I deal with chronic, uh, chronic pain, and it's like one of those things where it's like I'm just constantly living with life with, with pain, but I, I, I don't realize it because I'm so numb to it, you know what I'm saying? Like there's just always this, this burden there, and that flares up from time to time, but it's, it's there. But when he comes to the cross in this wonderful allegory, check out how uh, Bunyan describes it. Just as Christian came up, with, came up to the cross, his burden loosed from off his shoulders and fell from his back and began to tumble. And so continue to do so until I saw it no more. I love this illustration of Bunyan's because I think oftentimes life is like living with this heavy burden. We, don't, we might not always think about it, but it's there and it just kind of weighs us down. It, it impacts our relationships maybe. But the cross is all about dealing with that burden. Jesus died on the cross, so that burden is loosed, and in him we receive forgiveness and we live a life of freedom. No matter what others have done or, or you have done, God has paid the punishment. He has paid the debt. The merciful king is also the just king. So we can trust him for his grace and his forgiveness as we can trust that he will right every wrong. But he has dealt with the burden. And if you are here today and you've never received what Jesus has done for you, this is the gospel that to, to all who believe in him, all who receive what? Him, he gives the right to become children of God. You can receive that today by doing the exact same thing that this servant initially did, and that was saying, I can't do it. I do have wrongs. I I need your help. Would you forgive me? And he will forgive you freely, fully. But then there's some of you here where it's as if you want to pick that burden back up and carry it. You want to pick that grudge back up you want to pick up that bitterment resentment and you just and it's weighing you down, and that's a burden you don't need to carry. And Jesus, that burden was let go on the cross. Some of you have some real pain in the past, and Jesus has dealt with even that, and then some. And so this is encouragement to let it drop, and forgiveness is the path there. Uh, there's a beauty and a power there that when we choose to forgive from the heart. Um, we can receive. Um, and I think that's actually, as we wrap up here, really kind of the critical element here. It, it has to be of the heart. I mean, Jesus really ends this text here by saying, you have to for, unless you forgive from the heart, right? We could say, hey, I forgive you, but in the, in, you know, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna nurse this grudge over here. I forgive you, you know. Um, but it has to be from the heart. To me, I think, here's a litmus test. When you see the, a, a picture of this person on Instagram, I don't know, where's your heart go? Uh, when somebody talks about that person in a positive light or a negative light, where does your heart go? Um, we choose to forgive. And some of us, by the way, we need to really learn this. Some of us, maybe the home we grew up in, um, it wasn't really a home that uh, lived out the giving and receiving of forgiveness. If that's true, boy, uh, you probably know what bitterness, resentment, shame, guilt, and all that especially feels like. Uh, that's hard. Um, we have, to, we have to learn. And by the way, if you're in a relationship with someone, you have to help that person learn, and there's forgiveness involved there, and all, all that sort of thing. Um, some of you, you know, living in Silicon Valley are, are much the type A type, um, which means you have a high standard for yourself, and as you have a side standard for yourself, you probably have a high standard for others. And you probably have a hard time forgiving yourself, a hard time forgiving others, and this is a path to freedom for you, is forgiveness. Uh, who is somebody you can forgive, even this week, or who is someone you might need to ask for forgiveness from? Uh, because there's a beauty and a power here that Jesus gives us, and that doesn't only impact our immediate relationships, it can impact the world. Church, this is what we're called to be a picture of, the beauty and power of forgiveness. People should say about current as they say about, you know, hopefully any church is, boy, those guys really take the relationship seriously. When there's hurts, they, they, they work them through, and they are quick and ready to forgive. That's the beautiful picture we are called into, and as we live that out, boy, in the workplace, if you start living out forgiveness in the workplace, my goodness, there's a beauty and power there. Why? Because it's not our beauty and power. To forgive, like Jesus is saying, as beautiful and powerful as it we know it is, people see his beauty and his power because we forgive and we receive forgiveness because he first forgived us. Forgave us. Let's pray.